Let's meet Jesus, spoken by Pastor Shirley, you. Good morning, Metro. Is it still morning? Oh, it's afternoon now. Good afternoon, Metro. Good to see everybody here today in the brisk, cold weather, but we feel the warmth of his love here with the baby dedications and baptisms and all. Um, my name is Shirley Yu, and I have the honor and privilege, because it really is such an honor and privilege, to serve God and his people as a special needs pastor here at Metro Community Church. I'm so thankful to be part of a community that embraces, not just tolerates, embraces our sisters and brothers and families with special needs by honoring them with, uh, among other ways, with a Special Needs Awareness Sunday each year. So we started having Special Needs Awareness Sundays at Metro because it seemed like most people didn't know how to interact with our differently abled sisters and brothers. So, and would may possibly think, oh, Shirley and her team's got them. But this kind of thinking can cause barriers that separate us from connecting with each other more. So to bridge that gap, we started raising awareness as a church, and that is why we have our Special Needs Awareness Sundays. But it's not just for this Sunday, right? It's for every Sunday, every day. Um, okay, so the vision for our Special Needs Ministry is embracing an inclusive community that breaks down barriers to value children, adults, and families with special needs while empowering all to live for and serve God together. And I do look forward to the day when our special needs brothers and sisters will be serving on breakdown crew or setup or in the welcome team or as a teacher, actually, that's a big one. So I'm hoping that as a church, we'll continue to grow in this awareness, deeper connection, and eventually empowerment to serve God together as a church. Last year at the Special Needs Awareness Sunday, I talked about the being the body of Christ together, how we all need each other to fully function as a body, and that we particularly need to honor those who need special care. I praise God because since that awareness was risen in our church community, our special needs children and adults have been greeted in the hallways with hellos and high fives, and that many of them now walk around the church like they own it. That's right. So praise God. I want to thank those of you who really do intentionally um, go out of your way to say hello to them. Um, especially for those of you who come around and do the deep pressure on them. Uh, it really means a lot, and I want to thank you. You know who you are. Today, I want to talk about how important our special needs community is to us because we need them to meet Jesus. People typically think it's the other way around, that they need us and that we need to teach them, but Jesus teaches us otherwise. We need our differently able sisters and brothers because they pave the way for us. 
please note that I will be using the term differently abled because that is what it is. We are all created in our Heavenly Father's image, but we're just created differently, uniquely, all abled in different ways. So with our different abilities, yet one body of Christ, let's meet Jesus together in our differently abled sisters and brothers and then discover how we can give in mutual relationship, because who wants to be in a one-sided relationship, right? Mutual relationship. And then we can praise God together. But first, let's pray for the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. Father, thank you for gathering all of us as your beloved children here together today. Thank you for your truth to enlighten us, to bring us out of darkness and into your light, which we really need as we get so bombarded with other thoughts and beliefs around us that so often aren't even true. Please help us to open our eyes so we can see, our ears so we can hear, and our hearts so we can understand and be transformed in your truth. Help me to be faithful to share what you want to share with us today. Thank you for the honor and privilege. May you alone be glorified because you alone deserve it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Today's passage can be found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, Amen. take your mat, Amen. and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is the word of God for us today. Amen. So I want to share with you that we need our differently abled sisters and brothers to meet Jesus. And then we will discover how we can give back to them as we meet Jesus mutually and then praise God together. So first... Let's meet Jesus in our differently abled sisters and brothers. 
In today's passage in Mark, we see that four friends dug a hole in the roof to bring their paralyzed friend closer to Jesus. When Jesus saw them, who did he address first? It was the man with the special need. He could have addressed the four friends. I mean, they were the ones who did the hard work of pulling him up onto the roof, digging a hole, and then lowering him down through a mat, through the roof. But no, he turned to the differently abled man first and even called him son, which in the Greek is technon, which reflects the Hebrew word beni, or my son, God's child which is more than a term of endearment, but primarily a term of a superior who acts with authority and benevolence simply out of the fact that he is God's son. That is his identity no matter how he was treated by people on earth. And he knew that. And Jesus saw that right away and proclaimed to him in front of everybody, the huge crowd that was there, who he is, God's beloved son. Who do we pay attention to? Do we pay attention to those that Jesus himself pays attention to? Or do we pay attention to the people who look flashy, who look amazing, who have it all together and look so well accomplished? Not only can we meet Jesus in our differently able sisters and brothers because God calls them his child, but also because they teach us by their own visible, genuine need for Jesus. Look at the differently abled man because of his paralysis in today's passage. Although it doesn't explicitly say that he was the one who asked to be brought to Jesus, I seriously doubt that he, was, he would not have asked in his condition while hearing all about all these other people who seeing Jesus and being healed by him. In Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby, so he shouted out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In Mark 7, a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to Jesus, begging him to heal him. In Luke 17, the 10 lepers cried out to Jesus, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. These differently abled persons readily recognize their limits and their need for his divine intervention all the time. How often do we recognize our limits and our own need for Jesus? Let's be real. More often than not, I really only turn to Jesus when things get tough. I can usually go on with my life, with my capabilities as a woman, as a wife, as a mom, as a pastor. I tend to rely on these things because I can do it. And I could do it pretty darn well. Well, I struggle too, you know. But... Because in society, it's about survival of the fittest, right? In this world, yes. But in the world, that really matters. 
the spiritual world that we do not see with the human eye. For that, in this world, that's not what matters. That is why Jesus first forgives the sins of the paralyzed man before even addressing his physical needs. Spiritual needs come first, my brothers and sisters. Why is it that at one's deathbed, the thing that matters most is not one's possessions, it's not what one's status in life is. It's about the relationships. But the number one relationship that matters the most is the eternal one our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He's the one that loves us most deeply, without conditions. We don't have to do anything more to earn His love, or the fact that we need to be hard on ourselves because we didn't do enough. That's not what God's love is about. He loves us out of His amazing grace. He just loves us for who we are. And he knows everything about us, all the messed up thoughts that go through our head, all the things that we may do, but yet he loves us. He loves us so much that he sacrificed his one and only son to pay for our sins, our wrongdoings, our drifting away. Why? So that he could be in a relationship with us. And not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but forever. He's the one that saved us and still saves us to this day from all the opposing forces that try to drag us down in life. Like sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, I can't wait to get to heaven. And not that I'm suicidal or anything like that, thank God, but I I can't wait to get to heaven because life in this world is so sad, it's so depressing, and so much out there that just tries to bring us down. And a lot of the times it succeeds to bring us down. How many people in the world now suffer from depression? How many people now suffer from anxiety? It's toxic. He is the one that saves us all. Jesus Christ, our Savior, upon that cross. But he still saves us to this day from all the opposing forces that try to drag us down in our life because that is our God. Our special needs friends constantly know their need for Jesus. They are faced with difficulty every second of their lives, whether it be through the challenge of verbal communication because some of our special needs brothers and sisters can't speak the way you and I speak. They can't tell us, dude, don't treat me like that. That's messed up, you know? Or don't push me off to the side. I'm a child of God. You should treat me with respect. And some of our brothers and sisters, they struggle with mental or physical functions. Even just to go to the bathroom is a challenge for them. They are always needing help. But they are the ones who know the real secret. The one they need help from the most is Jesus. So even though their life is harder 
because of their challenges, because of their needs, their life is actually more full of faith because they know their needs. Henry Nouwen was a Dutch Catholic priest, pastor, professor, writer, and theologian. Despite all his stellar accomplishments, including teaching at Yale and Harvard, the place where he experienced the greatest depth of faith and spiritual fulfillment was at the large community where people with intellectual disabilities lived. At the large community, Henry Nouwen met a man who had a severe disability of epilepsy. And not just that, um, one time when he had a severe seizure and a fall, he was being medicated at the time for his epilepsy. But while he was being medicated and this, with this terrible fall, they prescribed another medication for him, forgetting about the medication he was taking beforehand. So he was overly medicated which made him, drowned his spirits, made him physically less able, and just was just sitting there, really not able to communicate. But it was through this man, his name is Adam Arnett, it was through this man that Henry Nouwen really got to the depth of his faith, was really transformed, because even though he did all these things as a pastor, as a theologian, he's like going out and teaching people about God, right? So you would think that he would have this amazing faith, he would have this amazing depth of a relationship with God. But no, he, it was there, but he didn't reach the depth of it and he wasn't fulfilled in his relationship with God until he had this relationship with Adam. So Henry Nouwen says in his book, Adam Arnett was his friend, teacher, and guide. An unusual friend because he couldn't express affection and love in the way most people do. An unusual teacher because he couldn't think reflectively or articulate ideas or concepts. An unusual guide because he couldn't give him any concrete direction or advice. So Henry Nouwen writes about Adam in this book called Adam, God's Beloved. I strongly recommend you read that book. Um, I personally, I wish I could be a bigger reader. I'm not. Um, I always have like tons of books stacked up on my nightstand that's like been read a little bit and then like gets pushed off to the side and things. But this book, when I read this book, I read it in one day. All right, it is a wow. <laughs> I read it in one day and I was bawling my eyes out, right? So if you wanna be moved, if you wanna be touched and challenged, I definitely recommend you read this book. It's not a hard read, it's not that thick actually. That's probably why I could finish in one day too, but, and the print's really easy to read. Um, so I recommend the book. But in his book, now when he admits his struggle with Adam at first because when he first met Adam, he was very nervous, right? He had to help him with his morning routines. And so he was like, oh my gosh, when I'm with him, what if he trips and falls? Or what if he has another seizure while he's under my care? So he was very nervous. Um, and it's normal to feel nervous, right? But in his time as he was developing the relationship with Adam, he was able to relieve, get, be, be relieved of that anxiety. And for him, 
when he was getting to know him, what he did was like, you know, he helped him like go from the kitchen to the bathroom to get ready and all that stuff. And then um, after he was done getting him ready for the morning routines, he would drop Adam off at the daycare program, right? At the day program. And then Henry would go off and do his real work, his real important work of writing sermons, teaching, whatever, right? So there were times in his time with Adam where he would like rush Adam to hurry up and put his clothes on and whatever. And he noticed that when he did that, Adam had seizures. And so after this happened numerous times, Henry now realized, oh shoot, I can't be doing, I can't be rushing him. What I need to be doing and what Adam was calling him to do was to be present with him, was to see him, be gentle with him unhurriedly. And then as Henry now was able to do this, he gradually started to change. And he met Jesus and Adam. In serving as the special needs pastor here at Metro, I have the background to show my abilities in this ministry. I have my master's and certification as a special education teacher and taught in the field with students of a wide range of abilities. I mean, God called me to serve our special needs community with a vision. Now, I don't get visions often, okay? This was my first vision, actually. And this happened when I was in my seminary class. And I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, Jesus gives me a vision of him holding up a child with cerebral palsy, and he's dancing around with the child like that. And you just see this huge smile on the child's face, and you hear the delightful laughter. And it wasn't laughter like, ah, ha, ha, look at him. It was a laughter of pure joy. And it's like, I want to be there. That's where I want to be. So when God gave me this vision, I was like, oh, okay, God, that was not from me. I did not make that up. He clearly called me to serve his children with special needs. So anytime I interact with someone who is differently abled, I can have a certain confidence about me in my interaction. However, I'm pretty much always humbled by God each time. He shows me that everything I learned and all my experiences and accomplishments is pretty much out the window. I just have to see the person for who he or she is, not their ability or inability to do things, just them. This takes eyes of faith. My worldly eyes only sees their disability, sees them as a burden. But when I meet Jesus in them, my own disabilities and inadequacies finds healing and renewal. But I need to intentionally see them as God's benevolent ones, not as a burden to those around them. As long as I see them in that way, Jesus' truth is hidden. What is not received is not given. I'm so thankful for the richness in the relationships that I have been invited to with our special needs families and with their amazing children. When I'm with them, there is nothing I need to prove to them about me. They just see me, and all they want 
is that I see them too. Let me share with you about a few of our differently abled friends here at Metro. Noah is a cool, chill boy with autism who is incredibly intelligent and precise. So much so that Susan, his buddy, and I joke around that he's going to be a surgeon one day. And he might. Right, Susan? He may. If only the world will see him for his gift. So Noah... um, Noah tends to do his own thing. He doesn't really mind or like really pay attention to the people around him so much. Um, and he really stays focused on his own task. So when people come over and say hi, like if he's focused, like he won't even say hi. He'll just continue to do what he does. But you know what? Noah is my teacher. He teaches me in his own security as God's beloved son that I have my own disability in a desire to please people. He teaches me that I do not need to focus on pleasing other people and mind them so much, but that I can be secure in who I am because God loves me and he's made me wonderfully. That's Noah. Caleb is a sweet, affectionate boy with autism who cannot communicate verbally and therefore holds my hand to take me somewhere or to something that he wants or needs. With Caleb as my guide, I learned that I do not need to act strong all the time. Because sometimes I just get tired. I'm tired having to try to be the best mom trying to be the best citizen here or the best person, whatever. And through Caleb as my guide, I can unashamedly admit to my weakness and acknowledge the need for help and grow together with someone who can help me in every moment. So, I mean, let's face it. We all need help every moment, don't we? But too often, we hide behind our abilities, which actually then disables us in faith and in relationships. Allie is a beautiful, stylish young teen with autism who can speak quite well. Allie usually says something that is on her mind and says it repeatedly until someone acknowledges acknowledges her with it. And then she repeats it, and then that person has to repeat it back to her, which validates her. Her boldness in not being afraid to seek validation, sorry, her boldness in being afraid to seek validation teaches me of my disability in being afraid to ask, mostly out of pride. But Ali teaches me that it's good to seek this validation with my faith family. I see it in her reaction once I repeat things back to her and when she feels validated, she has this quiet look of peace and satisfaction. Right, Hannah? (laughs) Zach is an incredibly handsome and athletic young man, 19 years old who is a friend who constantly reminds me that I am seen. 
Zach has a way of looking straight into your eyes and up close. He really does come up close. <laughs> There's no doubt that he sees me. And it's not that he sees me for my accomplishments, because he never asked for them. He doesn't know what I do, what I did. And it's not that he sees me for my outer appearance, because I don't think he even sees my whole body. He really just looks at me right in my eyes, close up. And you know what, he does so with a big smile on his face. You know, yesterday we had a respite event, and um, at the event, we have Tim and Christine's daughter, Luella, four years old. And one day she came over, and she was just standing there watching Zach. And it wasn't just like a face, she was in awe. And she says to her mom, Christine, who's one of our core team members, says, Mom, why is he so happy all the time? Zach reminds me of God's love for me and that God sees me, not for what I can do or what I can offer, but just me as his beloved daughter. And I see Jesus with his loving eyes through Zach. This happy Zach. Do you want to meet Jesus? Do you want to meet Jesus? Yes. yes. Then I'm telling you, you need to develop a relationship with someone who's differently abled. They can be your friend, your teacher, your guide. Our friends with varying disabilities have simpler lives with fewer distractions, attachments, and ambitions to fill their inner space. We fill ourselves with so much things to validate us, right? So many things. We have to keep up with our spiritual disciplines to constantly stay close to God. But you know what? They don't have to practice spiritual disciplines to become empty for God the way we always need to. This is where their disability is actually a gift to them. They can be a gift to us too, just by spending time with them. So let's meet Jesus in our special needs community. In today's passage, the only way the four friends were able to get close to Jesus was because of their differently abled friend. Therefore, the four friends refused to give up hope and displayed faith in action. As it says in James 2.26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Commentators have stated that true faith, unless it shows its reality by action, is unreal and self-deceptive and therefore cannot be expected to achieve results. I don't know about you, but I want results. I want results in developing my relationships with my differently abled sisters and brothers, in meeting Jesus in them, and to build that mutual relationship in Jesus together. This brings us to my second point. We need to give and grow in mutual relationship with our special needs community. In today's passage in Mark, the four friends knew that their friends couldn't bring himself 
to get to Jesus on his own because of his paralysis. So they carried their friends to him and even dug through a roof to get him right up close to Jesus. Here's a picture of a roof of a Palestinian home back then to give you a better idea of what these friends did for their differently abled friend. Now by digging through someone's roof like this, the four friends were taking some risks. They have take the, took the risk of having to pay for the damage that they did to this man's home. And also the risk of being criticized for being disrespectful to everyone there by literally spilling dirt on them. But these four friends disregarded them all. Why? Because they met Jesus through him. They knew he had God's authority and benevolence even with his disability though everyone else in society did not see it and looked down on him, not even giving him time of day. So they gave to their friends by bringing him closer to Jesus. What risk do you need to take on behalf of someone who is differently abled? Maybe it's the risk of being ridiculed for being with them. But you know what? Who is more important to you? This person, and okay, so compassion, right? Compassion. When they make fun of you, right? Clearly they don't know Jesus. So although I want to like, uh, 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 um, they need Jesus too. But this person, who is more important to you? This person who is ignorantly ridiculing you or the person that you actually meet Jesus in? God is challenging us to meet him and give to our differently abled sisters and brothers who also needs to be in close proximity to the things and community of God. Amen. The paralyzed man needed his friends to bring him closer to Jesus to receive his healing. Can we see them with their needs and bring them closer to Jesus as we encounter Jesus in them? You know, um, this week in preparing for this Sunday, uh, I was in touch with um, Zach's mom, Mary. And she was telling me that he had a rough day at school that day because they don't even know what happened. He came home and he was really upset, like crying. And you know, Zach's a very happy guy. Like he's happy pretty much all the time. But something was bothering him. And so she contacted the school, like the teachers, nobody knew what had happened. And can you imagine for Zach, like he can't tell his mom or other people that he's afraid or to do something because something has happened because he's verbally challenged, right? But he does have a talker. So Mary did ask him, Zach, did somebody hurt you? And he said no. Clearly he said no. But it, it was as if he saw a ghost. And he was afraid. And he was downright crying and upset. And I do believe in preparing for this message, I mean, I was thinking about Zach a lot. Mary's going to share her testimony in a little bit. I believe the spiritual battle is real. And I believe that the devil knows how precious Zach is to God. 
and he knows and he doesn't want Zach to be God's instrument to transform people around him. He doesn't want us to meet Jesus in Zach. So he was trying to scare Zach. And Zach was afraid. He was afraid. He was visibly afraid. So what are we going to do as the faith community? Can we pray for Zach? Because Zach needs prayer too. Even though I meet Zach, I meet Jesus in Zach, he needs prayer too because he's vulnerable. He needs us, not just Zach, but all of our friends with disabilities, with special needs, who are differently abled. They need us. So I'm begging you. I'm begging you to be a community of God who deep, reaches deep, knows God's love for you, and can therefore share that love with someone like Zach, with someone who else, anybody else who has special needs around us, because they're just as weak as we are in many ways. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Am I a slobbering mess? <laughs> Commentators have discussed the crowd that the four friends encountered when bringing their paralyzed friend. This crowd was considered an obstruction in accessing Jesus, or outsiders who stand either in ambivalence or even opposition to Jesus. Are we obstructions? Are we passive crowds who stand in ambivalence or even by doing so in opposition by not carrying them to Jesus? Or can we commit ourselves to action like the four friends and actually be disciples of Jesus who can remove any obstacles, even a roof, to get to Jesus together? I believe, church, we can do it. We have fears. We have anxieties. Lots of unknowns. I get it. I get it. But just push those things aside, because that's disabling us. Let's do this together as a church. I don't even know all of you, but I can say I love you. Because we have this common God for all of us here, our champion. We need each other, but our especially our differently abled sisters and brothers need us even more. So how can we do so? Here are some practical steps. Spend time with the person. So if you see us in the hallways, you know, with one of our uh, differently abled sisters and brothers, come by. Say hello, give the high fives, but stick around with us a little bit. Walk with us down the hall, you know? Spend a little time together like that. Sometimes you'll see me, because some of them like to run, and sometimes you'll see me running after them or one of their buddies running after them, right? Well, if you're there, say hello. You could stop them, you know, if it seems like they're gonna go somewhere dangerous to themselves or anybody else, right? You could stop them and kind of walk with them, right? You can do that. You know, um, I was with Allie a few Sundays ago, and when we were walking around, she wanted to go into the Metro Kids room. 
And while we were there, there were some girls um, coloring and drawing and things like that. And um, Allie, she loves pink, everything pink. And she loves pink um, reindeer, pink pink pigs. I think it's Peppa Pig probably, but I'm not a big fan of Peppa Pig. But I'll draw it for her, you know. Uh, and I'm not even a good drawer. But we're down there, and she's asking me to draw these things. And a number of the girls were um, like, oh, I can draw that for Allie. I can draw that for you. So they started drawing for Allie. And there was this beautiful connection there, right? Just out of the true joy of what they all have in common, drawing. We also have respite events every other month. We used to have it every quarter, but now we have it every other month. So um, basically, it's a time where the parents can drop off all their kids, not just their child who has um, who is differently abled, but all of their kids. Because, you know, as a as a parent myself, right, it's hard raising my kids, right, and it's hard to always be on top of everything. So it's nice when we could take a break. But for our families who have children with the challenges, it's even that much harder for them. So we like to give them a break, doing it every other month, and they, where they could drop off their kids uh, for three hours. And in the events, their siblings come too, because you know what? Their siblings get lonely too. Their siblings also feel, because this is their brother or their sister who's being outcasted. How do you think they feel? So then even though they are able, right, they could be more accepted, but they feel that too. And so they also feel like outcasts. So we want these respite events to be great for them too, where they could come, be loved for who they are, not feel like they have to be the one who's responsible for taking care of their sibling while they're there, because some of them do. But this is a ministry for them too. So we have these respite events every other month. Come out, volunteer with us. Thankfully, yesterday we had a good number of volunteers there. Um, those of you who were there, shout out. And um, we, it was so great because we weren't all like running around. Or, it was so relaxing, actually, because there were so many of us that we could, oh, Zach's going, oh, Zach's going over to you. Oh, he, Allie's going over there. You know what I mean? Like, it, was, it was so great. We're all together, one family working together. You know, even if it's like, okay, so every time we go, I'm, I'm very technically challenged. <laughs> so every time we start the events, we're always like, oh, we forgot to ask if someone can help us turn this on or play music for us, right? You know, if you have those technical skills, like, just come by, turn it on for us, you know, and then you can leave, you know? Even as simple as that, that's ministering. That's being part of the body together. Um, we actually have somebody um, who connects us to get our food for the event and gets, uh, gives us great discounts for it every time, and that's how he serves too, and we're so thankful. We have parent support meetings where the parents can come. We all eat together, and then the parents have a separate time while people could hang out with their kids. So come, hang out with their kids. We have toys. We have stuff out there, right, to, um, just to play and hang out. And while, or you could come with us with the parents, get to know the parents, hear their stories, pray with them, cry with them, join us. 
We also have family worship services every quarter. You know, when you have, we have the family worship service in here. We have our own service too. Um, and I have to say, it's more fun. So we meet in the second floor and in our service, we have the big bouncy balls to bounce on. We've got bean bags to throw around. We crawl through tunnels together. We ride on scooters and push each other on scooters. Um, we worship the way our differently able sisters and brothers want to worship. And it's so awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. So feel free, join us. It's great to be able to come bring your whole family. It's great to be able to join together as families. Also, ask questions, okay? Ask questions to the parents themselves, right? They know the best, right? We could talk to them and they welcome the questions. They're not gonna look at you like, really, duh? <laughs> they want to answer your questions because they see that you have a desire and you're connecting and not just looking at them in ambivalence and walking away. You know, um, a lot of this, oh, and also you can ask our team. I have an amazing core team of people, I, I couldn't get a picture up there, but we have our amazing core team, Belinda Chan, Susan Pack, Sumi and Paul Herr, Michael Hong, Christine Cook. Um, honestly, this ministry would not be what it is without them. Feel free, ask them, ask them questions. But also any of our buddies, some of our buddies are in here, woohoo buddies! Ask them too, ask them questions, connect. You know what, I know it's kind of like taboo to do this in society, but whatever. Um, invite yourself over, you know what, and if you feel bad inviting yourself over, you know, like you could take something with you, right? Take food or whatever if you want, but it's just the matter, the importance of connecting, right? So. Go over and meet them because our friends who are differently abled, where are they most comfortable? In their own home, right? So meet them in their own home. Why do they always have to come out to everywhere else where they're uncomfortable? Why can't we go to them, right? So connect with them. Or you can ask the family, hey, is there a common place that you all like to go to that I can meet you at, you know? And then meet them there. And you could have a meal there or whatever. Just get to know them. You can also do what you can in your own context. You know, our sister Coco Kim in our own church, you know, she teaches cooking classes, right? She teaches cooking classes for special needs adults. Pretty cool. And she's cried there too with the opportunity. <laughs> and please support our ministry. Um, today, we have a Christmas card fundraiser as you walk out through the doors on the right. Um, the kids all made Christmas cards yesterday at our respite event, and Susan did an amazing job of putting it together, and the cards do look great, just so you know, <laughs> but our kids like put like their fingerprints on there and stuff like that too, so it's just it really, they did such a great job. But it's a fundraiser, right? We're, we're trying to raise some money to help do the things that we can do to help support the families. So please buy a Christmas card or two or five or 10 or however many is left even. Um, 
and just you could donate to our, any of our events, right? So when the parents drop the kids off, I've always I've heard this idea from another church that have respite events, and they give out gift cards to the families to not even have to worry financially because all the stuff that they have to pour into for their child, it costs a lot of money. So it would be great if we could give them gift cards to treat themselves out while we, have, while we take care of their kids, right? So if you've got money, donations would be great. Be desperate for Jesus and meeting him in our differently abled sisters and brothers and give a mutual relationship with them so that we can all praise God together. Zach's mom, Mary, she shared with me how he has a therapist who really loves and cares for him. You know, he's not just a job, right? And because she genuinely loves and cares for him, Zach feels it, and he knows it. And he felt it and knew it so much that every time he saw her, he wanted to communicate with her. So he actually started to mutter a few words. <laughs> Praise God. That's what love can do, my sisters and brothers. If we can receive and give such love, there can be healing power in the amazing, powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in his healing love. That's right, amen. <laughs> but it has to start with developing the relationship. There are a lot of unknowns, a lot of anxiety, I get it. But if we could fix our eyes and our hearts on Jesus, that anxiety, I am telling you, it melts away. We can ask questions, start building the relationship, see them for who they are, the amazing gift of God that they are, that the world keeps outcasting. And when this happens, my brothers and sisters, we can praise God together. For real, not just singing it from our lips, but for real, praise God together. In verse 12 of today's passage, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Do you want to be awed? Do you want to be awed in the presence of God so close to him? This is the key. I'm telling you this. This is my own personal confession. This is my own personal testimony. Don't get me wrong. I get love from a lot of you. I do. But the love that I experienced, the ways I meet Jesus and all of our kids with special needs, that's true. That's genuine. And that transforms me. Our God is a God of miracles who can bring about healing in people's hearts, relationships, and the community when we meet Jesus in our differently abled sisters and brothers, when we give in mutual relationship with them, and we can all praise God together and say, we have never seen anything like this. It's right here, church. We can do it right here. We don't have to go far.
today we have the honor of hearing from one of our special needs parents, as I mentioned, Mary Buchanan. Mary and her husband, Bruce, are parents of great faith, of Zach and his brother and sister Daniel and Anna. Let's hear from Mary today. hard to keep it together after Shirley's sermon. And thank you for sharing with Zach. I didn't know she was going to do that. Um, he's often very famous where we go, and I know that there's airline flights we've been on where every passenger remembers him um, from years ago. But um, anyway, Zach is the second of our three children. When he turned one, he began to talk, and everything was fine, so we thought. Shortly after that, he began to lose his ability to speak and became very unfocused, and so began the painful process of him spiraling down into his disability. As a parent of a special needs child, you are in survival mode, and you don't have the time or the capacity to dwell on the emotional pain of their disability. You're too overwhelmed putting out fires and caring for all their special needs. You have to develop a thick skin from all the stares and judgment from people when your child is having a meltdown in public or acting differently. And you have to often harden your heart or else it would always be breaking, especially when nobody wants to play with your child and actually run away from him. It took a long time to understand how much Zach was affected by rejection. Whenever my son Daniel or daughter Anna had friends over, he would look longingly at the kids playing together. And after the kids went home, he'd be very upset He'd grab his siblings by the hands and try to drag them to the playroom as if he was saying, now play with me, I'm feeling left out. What he needed was a community that loved him and could meet him where he was at. We had a good church and they provided someone to help watch Zach and that is more than most churches will do, unfortunately. But when we came here to Metro, I was able to see the difference. While some other churches were willing to accommodate Zach, Metro was willing to embrace him as part of the community. And that has made all of the difference. Pastor Shirley actually prepped the youth group before he came, and I can't tell you how it warmed my heart to see him welcomed, even when he was loud and noisy. And you guys know he can be very loud and noisy. There's an amazing special needs ministry team here, and I'm so grateful whenever Eddie or Devin show up Sunday after Sunday, and I'm also a little surprised. Um, but um, they show up Sunday after Sunday to be his buddy, they say it takes a community to raise a child. How much more with a child who has special needs and requires extra care? Even though these kids may not show it, a simple greeting or high five ministers to them love and acceptance, and it brings healing to any rejection they may have experienced. And these kids know rejection. They live in the margins of society. Just as Shirley mentioned about Adam, if you do spend any time with these special kids, Jesus will reveal himself to you through them. Even without being able to communicate, Zach has spiritual discernment. Staff members at his school have told me that he can often sense when they're having a bad day and he'll go up to them and pet their hair, or look into their eyes, very concerned. Sometimes he used to pull down the Bible when he was younger from the bookshelf and it was amazing how often it would be open to the exact page of something very specific that would speak to my husband or me. 
And he's also a witness for God. And for some reason, he loves to play songs about Jesus over and over at his special needs camp at the Jewish Community Center. (laughs) So they have told me. I don't know if he knows what he's doing, but I believe that it's because he's so close to God's heart that God is able to use him because of his pure and simple soul. Unlike us that we often complicate things or have a lot of doubts and question God, um, I feel like God has direct access to him. God also gives us extra grace because of Zach. During Superstorm Sandy years ago, Zach was afraid of the dark and he would freak out anytime we would have a power outage. So before the storm, we had a lot of people praying that we wouldn't lose power for the sake of Zach. And miraculously, ours was the only strip of houses that did not lose power in our whole area. Our house was like a bright light in a blanket of darkness, so people told us they were coming to stay with us because they lost power. And I know that God kept our power on for Zach. And we all benefited, including my neighbors to the left and right of us. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes being desperate is a perfect opportunity for God to make a way when there is no way, when we trust him. It has been a hard journey, and this is not the path I would have chosen. But I can honestly say that if we did not have Zachary, I would not have known just how powerful and loving our God is. It could have been very easy to become bitter for this hand dealt to us. And there are still days I struggle, but I desperately need God's help to raise Zach. And he has been so faithful. My other kids have had to put up with a lot because of their brother, but they are more kinder and more accepting of others because of him. Finally, I just want to reiterate how grateful we are for this church opening your hearts, not just your doors, but your hearts, to these very special kids I believe someday in heaven you will see what it has meant to Jesus, but also believe that these kids will be able to tell you verbally what it has meant to them. Thanks. Mary and Bruce Buchanan, wonderful, amazing parents of Zach, Daniel, and Anna. Thank you, Mary, for sharing your testimony. She was like, what, on stage? (laughs) But so powerful. Can we pray for Mary and Bruce? And we'll pray for all of our families with special needs as well. And pray for yourself that God would really, okay, has he spoken to you today? I sure hope he spoke to you. And I sure hope you pay attention <laughs> and can respond. So if you could, if you don't mind, just maybe if you feel comfortable, stick your hands out towards Mary and Bruce. And we're going to say a prayer together. God, your love is so great. Only you can move in our hearts like this. Only you are capable of love so big, so healing, so transformative, God. 
thank you, God, for Mary and Bruce and for light, the light that they are to me and to so many others, Lord, just out of their own weaknesses and struggles too and the strength that they find in you, but especially in Zach because you are the one who created Zach. You are the great God who teaches us through Zach and through all of our differently able sisters and brothers. But God, we acknowledge that life is also hard. And I pray that you would give them all the strength, everything that they need. I pray that we as a church would rise up and be the true family, the true community that can be there for them when they need to cry, to cry, when they need support, to support them, God. All as we experience your love through their children. So God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your healing power of love. Thank you, God, because it's you who deserves all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Father. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you. Can we give them another round of applause, please? We're going to go through the next steps. If you have your bulletin or the app, if you could open that up. First, I'm committing my life to Jesus for the first time. If you don't know Jesus yet, I really do hope and pray that you can make that commitment now because life's too short. You're missing out on so much that really matters. And I pray you can check this off and live in community with us as we grow together and meeting Jesus. If you have checked this off, there is a next steps table just outside these doors where you'll meet with a pastor who will guide you through the next steps in your journey of faith. Two, I will connect with at least one differently abled person and meet Jesus mutually together. As I mentioned before, church, it's right here, right here. And I challenge you, and you're not going to regret it, to connect with someone. And it might be awkward at first, might be difficult at first, but stick with it, and it'll be amazing. Three, I will pay attention while reading through the Gospels to see how Jesus connects with differently abled persons. I mean, that's why, right? That's why this is what we do. It's because of Jesus. And I challenge you to see how he really connects in his word. And it'll, he'll transform you also in his word. And four, I will volunteer to serve in our special needs ministry at Metro and connect with the families. Well, we have an info table with, along with our Christmas cards out there. Our core team is there. I'll be there too afterwards. And whatever way you want to serve and however way God has built you and given you the opportunity, just come join us. 